0: you <sharp inhale>
1: Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery
2: can look like.
0: Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise Up Supplements, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn.
2: Welcome, everybody, to We Do Recover with Jared Miller. This is episode, oh, I forgot the number of the episode, 121? 120, buddy. 120. Episode 120, We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Sorry, I lose track sometimes because I'm down here every other week. Um, and it's a beautiful day in St. George. And sunny we have... Sunny George. Yep, we got the sunny St. George. It's lovely, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking about playing golf after this is over. But we have a special guest in the studio, Judy Baracow. Although she, when she pronounced it correctly, it sounds cooler. Pronounce your own name for us so that it sounds cool.
3: <laughs> Judy Barrocal. Oh, you got to roll the Barricola. R. Yeah. You got
2: to have like you got to have some stuff. I don't, uh, Isn't
0: the J silent?
2: Judy. Hudi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. Okay, we've got, <laughs> we've got off track already. And then we have uh, Jared Miller, and we have Sean. We're or all in Danaven, Whatever day. his name is, Denovan I forgot. Um, okay, well, let's start with. Uh, We usually start with new and goods, but let's start, well, we don't always start with new and goods, but let's start with what we start with. How about you talk to us about some of our sponsors? Fantastic. I'm super excited to have Judy on today. She's in
1: recovery in multiple ways. Make sure you listen till the end because she has got a phenomenal story. I'm telling you folks, phenomenal story. So thank you so much, Judy, for being here.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Episode 120 is brought to us by High Desert Counseling. High Desert Counseling is a progressive substance abuse treatment facility with a practical approach. Right on cue. They offer day treatment, morning and evening IOP, continuation of care, and prime for life programs. (laughs) Check out their website at highdesert.help or call them at 435 673 2899. Their facilities are located in St. George and
2: Cedar City, Utah. Episode 120, wait, part one is... Wait, before you go to Rice Up subs. I want to say we appreciate so much High Desert Counseling. I appreciate them enough that I apologize for opening a Dr. Pepper can in the middle of their uh, <laughs> plug. And uh, Mike Keenan, hello, and I love you, and I'm sorry. You know, that's what I love about this. It's just <laughs> real, right? Like There's no editing. Sean pushes play, and we roll. You know what I mean? It doesn't he get more actually, authentic than he that. He actually does have to edit occasionally. Only when you're dropping F-bombs. When, uh, when I, no, I don't drop F-bombs very much, but I do talk about some stupid stuff occasionally. <laughs> Our guest last week had to have a few, uh, last time, whenever I was down here last, had to have a few words edited out. But, uh,
0: actually, I've done a couple episodes where I've just edited Terry out completely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually here every week, but Sean edits me out every other week. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I make the drive down. I didn't. Sh- I should listen to that and realize I'm edited me out. Me
1: and Sean cor- like we correlated the viewership with yeah. when you're here. Yeah. Yeah, not here, sure. and so we just
2: sure. we call They're, them ghost episodes. Right <laughs> when viewership drops below two digits, you got to edit something out. Right? All right, let's talk about Rise <laughs> no, Up for me for a second. I love you. Good.
1: All right, episode one twenty is also brought to us by Rise Up Supplements. Rise Up Supplements is a nootropic line aimed at optimizing brain function and supporting mental health. They have two powerful blends. Mindful Mood helps decrease anxiety and enhance mood while Mind shift helps increase focus and optimize brain function. Place your order today at RiseUpSupps.com. That's riseupsup scom C O M. At checkout, punch in promo code PODCAST20, in all caps, PODCAST20, to save yourself 20% off. Thank you, Rise Up Supplements, for supporting this. Sponsoring this podcast. We love them.
2: Can we have Judy start off with new and goods? She's got a great new and good. Does she? She does. does. She know what we're doing and all that? Yeah. All right. Then let's uh, why don't you Judy. take this segment over? Yes. New and goods. What what
1: positive thing do you got going on in your life today? What are you looking forward to?
3: Um positive things today, uh I look forward to I have a tournament coming up that I'm doing in in honor of my best friend who passed due to COVID. Um that's coming up in less than a month. So that's super exciting, super a lot of pressure lately. Um, it's the biggest one I've done. And so right now we are at 52 uh, teams and seven treatment centers. And I'm first time I've done a treat, treatment center division. So I've never done the treatment center division, but now I'm doing it this year. So with that total, it's 59 teams. So that's the most I've ever had come. We have people from all over the United States coming in to play in this clean and sober tournament. So I'm super excited. That's um, incredible.
1: So that's June 2nd through the 4th. Yep. The Aaron Navarro Memorial Tournament. It's a recovery slash silver softball tournament. Is there room for more teams if they want to sign up or is it capped now?
3: If they want to sign up, it depends on what division. My co ed rec division. I'm booked. I've got 16 teams in co-ed rec, that's so I'm, I'm I'm booked there. But if I'm looking for some more D teams um, and possibly some E teams, I'm still willing to let people register if they need to. Now, what's a D team and an E team? It's, it's their ranking on how well they play. Ah, so got you.
2: <laughs> Do you have an X team? Because I'm on that one. That's that's us, baby. I want to be on the X team. <laughs> Bam! Let's, let's get an X let's team. Start our own division. Yeah, for sure. We we can't beat anybody, but uh, it's all right. Uh, Thank hey, you this, is sharing a, that. this is yeah. a really cool thing, right? I have a personal beef with the Aaron Navarro softball tournament, <gasps> but it's not Judy's fault. It's okay. I have a golf tournament June third. Oh, right, oh. He, right here in Saint George. You mean you have a conflict? I have a person signed up to be in that golf tournament with me on June third. And I won't mention his name, Taz Decker. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but he just backed out because of the softball tournament that he had double booked himself for. So mm. priorities. Man. I need a priorities. golfer I need a golfer June third, by the way, at the uh, where did, we, did he back out yesterday? Or either yesterday or the day before?
3: I just posted what days they were playing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Judy puts pressure on people. She stole two
1: of my my sober softball in the, the St. George Recovery League. Yeah. Right? They I'm were with kidding. me we first, <laughs> were,
2: really. The, no. I already had their jerseys ordered. Well, no, there's yeah. no question that his loyalty was definitely with the softball tournament. There's no question about that. <laughs> That's super Although exciting. he committed to me. Months and months ago, but um, <laughs> but the softball tournament's been going for a while, right? Yeah. So it's it's all good. I'll find somebody else. But I was it, looking forward to playing with us. If you are in a D League or a E
1: league E League and you would like to come play in the Aaron Navarro Memorial softball tournament, go to Aaron Navarro Memorial page on Facebook. Contact Judy. Judy, how do they contact you to get registered?
3: Um they can email me at Judy at CSNSA.com.
2: The info's on the screen right now. Boom. Yep. Fantastic.
1: So the Aaron Navarro, though, mm-hmm. it it wasn't always called that. And I want to leave time for your story because you have an incredible story and we want to get to it. So I guess give
3: us a brief synopsis of it got renamed and why is that? So It used to be called the Moonshine to Sunshine. And the first year I put it on, I couldn't figure out a name for a tournament. I was like, I don't know what to name this tournament. Like, what do you name a tournament? (laughs) So I'm like Googling all these things. And it happened to land on National Moonshine Day. So I was like, okay, And it's kind of a funny like playoff. So (laughs) I was like, that's a
2: weird name for a tournament of sober people, Moonshine.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So that's what it was originally named for the first two years. And my co-director was Aaron Navarro. And he was one of my best friends. And COVID came. And not this last September, but the September before, he he passed away to COVID, to complications from COVID. Oh, jeez. And so. Recovering dude? Yeah. I
1: was just going to say, for people that don't live in southern Utah, I, I mean, Aaron Navarro was an incredible individual who participated in these type of events, Connect the Dots. Yeah. Yeah, he was a fantastic guy.
3: Oh, that's that's
2: yeah.
1: rough.
3: Yeah, he was huge, and and almost everyone knew him. Yeah, and they knew him on and off the field. And he was a Nazi in NA, and a <laughs> Nazi on and off the field. And then he'd turn around and be like, "Man, I'm that same person." So he'd turn around and kick himself after, and be like, "Oh, man." <laughs> but he was amazing, and haven't replaced him yet. So I'm. That's why I said this coming up. It's been really busy because I'm doing it all myself this year because. I haven't found it in my heart to replace them yet. And so that, that's that been very difficult this year because even last year, last year it seemed a lot easier, but this year I'm doing it all basically by myself. The California team is is not coming this year, so it's all me. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of running it on my own. But every time I think about replacing it, I'm like, man, it pulls at my heartstrings. Like it's It's a big thing for me because, I mean, we would meet for these meetings weekly and discuss everything we need to do. And then we'd talk for like two hours after on life. Yeah. And so he was just an amazing man. So that's cool. Those
1: of you that don't know Judy and her story, I can just tell you this. She is a tough cookie. And when you have somebody as tough as Judy that sits here and talks about another individual and starts getting a little choked up. (laughs) you know that that was a very significant
2: relationship to her. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Super cool. Do you know, I don't mean to put you on the spot, mm-hmm. but do you know um, the seven treatment centers?
3: Yes. Um, Lionsgate is putting in two, uh, two teams.
4: Okay.
3: Hope Rising is putting in two teams. Okay. Steps is putting in two teams. And Renaissance Ranch is putting in a team. Really? Yes. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well,
1: that's cool. We got other events coming up. What else we got? So, do you want to do we your got seller's sell silly seconds? No, or you know, I may pass I on it worse. We're, yeah. All right, let's, let's, hear let's rock stuff, and roll. So, we're short on time for sure. My New and Goods, those of you that haven't heard about these two events, I am very excited for them. June 3rd, we have Talent in the Park that's up at the Ogden Amphitheater. We have Kalichi and Joe Nestor, they, who are headline performers. Remember that,
2: Remember that golf tournament I have June 3rd? In St. George.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You'll be down here for the second one. That brings us to Mm -hmm. the Sobriety Foundation fundraising event, which is June 4th, a recovery concert, which you're emceeing with me. So hopefully you you have
2: that off. You weren't planning on me emceeing the one up in Ogden.
1: No. Good. Not anymore. I feel better. Yeah, especially now knowing that you've got a golf (laughs) tournament. Well, good. So I just real quick, I want to thank the sponsors that that have made these events possible. Um, So at the Recovery Concert in our Platinum Sponsorship Package, we have Extra Mart Chevron. Thank you guys so, so much. That's an incredible donation. Susan Peterson's
2: organization and and family business.
1: Yep. And then in the gold, we have Cloud9 Vapor. Uh, Mm. We love those guys. Thank you so much. Fit to Recover. It's legendary up in the Salt Lake City, Utah area.
2: Sure.
1: Acadia uh, School and Spa. That's Again, cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, some of these are even outside of like our right. our field, right? And right. the silver sponsorship package we have, Rise Up Supplements, um, which is me and Mandy's company. We have Cole Thanks, Equity subs. LLC. We have the Right Team Real Estate. Oh, thank you guys all for your donations to make this. I don't think there's ever been anything like this as far as having performers that are in recovery come to St. George, Utah. So I'm pretty excited about it. Pretty cool. Yeah. Be sure to to come out and support those yeah, events gonna, that are we're coming. We're going to have up. some
2: fun with that for sure. Thanks, I appreciate you. Yeah. So, well, let's move. Are you going to skip on the solar? Silly I, silly I think seconds? so. I think we, you know, if at the end we run out of if we run out of things to talk about, which we won't, uh, <laughs> I I might I might toss it in. But for now, let's skip sell solar silly seconds. It's stupid anyway. So, uh, and let's get to Judy. Absolutely, Judy. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction.
1: Where does your story start?
3: My recovery story or
1: real quick today i just want to preface today you are a substance abuse counselor yes who works at lionsgate recovery correct so this is going to blow some people's minds yeah right so let's hear that. how does this journey begin how Look do you that. get to where you are today
3: Whew. well i will say it was a struggle because so i was i used for 23 years so i have 23 years of using and running the streets and doing all those things and i have I have a lot of things that uh, <clears throat> I have a lot of things that traumas. I have some some sexual trauma when I was a kid, six years old, and you know some other sexual traumas, some some domestic violence, some child abuse, some things like you know all of all of the things I I have them in my childhood, and so that's kind of led me to my using at such a young age, at eleven years old, um, and then so I was using for all of those years, and then during my using, I had a lot more trauma come along with my ex-husband with the, with the domestic violence and the abuse there. And one thing that dove me deeper into my addiction in the, in the very end was the loss of my son. Mm. So five years before I got clean, um, we were, we were going fishing up at Mirror Lake and it was me and my, my husband at the time and my daughter and my son. And we would just gotten there and I, I was going to go pay for our spot. You know, you find your spot, then you go pay for it. And my husband went to the restroom and, um, I got in the car and filled out the paperwork and then backed up. And then my, my eight year old daughter started yelling and I got out of the car and I looked and there, w- there was my son. And so I, I just started screaming myself and my husband came running. We picked him up, you know, did the CPR and, you know, process went through all of this, you know, this trauma and then it just shattered my family even even more.
1: How old was your son? He was two. Oh. So little, little. Yeah,
3: oh. yeah. And it, sh- it shattered my family even more because everyone. I mean, of course, I'm sorry. Bl- I blame myself because I'm I'm the driver. My ex husband blamed himself because he was feeding him Cheetos out of the trunk of the car. And so, where, where's a two year old going to go?
2: Where the Cheetos are. Yeah.
3: And my daughter at eight blamed herself for not holding his hand. <sighs> you know,
2: well, there's enough blamer to, to go around, huh? <laughs> right? Jeez.
3: So we 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 That's... were very shattered and broken. And a month later, after my my husband had a nervous breakdown, DCFS came and took my daughter. And the weird thing is, on paper, I hadn't done anything wrong. My ex husband had a nervous breakdown. I called my father to come get my daughter because it wasn't right for her. So it, on paper, it looks. Like I did everything right. Yeah. But my higher power stepped in and they took her anyway. And I didn't realize that at the time. Of course, I was hateful and vengeful. And so I just dove deeper into my addiction for the next five years. I got my daughter back after a year.
2: Wait, before you move on, can mm-hmm. I ask a couple of questions about yeah. how that went down? Yeah. Um, w- were you high at the time? Yeah.
3: When I ran when him you, over? Yeah. No.
2: So you're pretty sure you weren't high? Yeah. Okay. So drugs and alcohol didn't have any bearing on that. No. But it is a good way to cope with that, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah,
3: like I was smoking weed and drinking at the time. And we brought up marijuana and alcohol, but I they did the breathalyzer, and it was zero. It was ten a.m. We had just gotten there, so luckily I hadn't yeah. used okay. that morning. Yeah, good.
1: Everybody sitting around this good. table knows though that that when you're in active addiction, your brain's not like your awareness is decreased, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So even though you weren't intoxicated at the time, typically, right, yeah. we we some of those things kind of we're not as aware. I agree. Which listen, it was just an accident. It could have happened to anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that thanks for sharing that. That is yeah. heartbreaking, and my heart goes out to you. Mm, we, I mean, we got serious really quickly on this podcast. <laughs> yeah,
2: all of a sudden we got straight to serious stuff. So.
1: <laughs> and have you ever had those moments when you're when you're hearing somebody's story like Judy's where you go Okay. I get it. Mm. Like I never excuse use. Right. But, but sometimes like when you hear some heartbreaking stuff that we all in this room work with every day, like the judgment goes away and the, the, you know, for me anyways, it's like, okay, yeah, I, I don't condone it, but I can see it. There's the hurt. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, um, after that, like I said, I, I got my daughter back within a year, but i i was i'm a, i'm an addict i'm a manipulator and i'm very good at it so i took all the drug and alcohol evaluations and i had zero problems
2: sure <laughs> look at you
3: my ex-husband he's not as smart as i was <laughs> 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 he had to do treatment while well, i can continue using the whole time Sweet. Uh, l- luckily i mean
1: so safe to say you weren't
2: honest on your assessments
3: no i was not at all Kay. at all
2: uh. <laughs> That's shocking to me that someone <laughs> would lie on an assessment. I was just gonna say, you know, the Never number one thing that that's in my life.
1: You know, the number one problem with self-assessments: people are reporting
2: on themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not always transparent. That's a problem.
3: So, um, so he went to treatment, and <laughs> he man, wasn't I
2: d- a very good addict if he couldn't
3: pass oh, the gee, assessment. He's horrible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I just, I just kept committing crimes and going deeper and deeper. And I remember one time stopping, I was running drugs in between Salt Lake and Wendover. And I remember stopping to see my daughter in one of my back and forths and her, her looking at me and telling me, mommy, why don't, why don't you love me? Why don't you take me with you? Mm. And I remember, and I use this story with my clients. I remember saying, man. As much as that should be enough to quit, Mm -hmm. that was exactly what I needed to just keep going. Mm -hmm. Just to keep digging deeper because it hurts so much. And so trying to get rid of that pain, man, I just kept going and going and going. And
2: You were running drugs as a way to make money, is what you're saying?
3: Yeah, just running the streets, running drugs, really just getting high and just not being home.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I get it. At this point...
1: DCFS had stepped in mm-hmm. and so you couldn't take her even if you wanted to correct yeah that's heart-wrenching yeah oh yeah it's a good point yeah I didn't even think of that
3: yeah because because I would have because sure. I would have thought I could be able to I would sure would have been able to do it yeah. All
2: that, so. yeah sure.
3: you know and so, so
2: look, yeah. for those of us that are naive not as naive as Jared I mean I'm more naive than Jared was the issue you couldn't, she couldn't go to Wendover? Is that what it was? She couldn't go out of the
3: street. No, the, for the, I couldn't take her. No, the issue is that my, my husband had a nervous breakdown, like I said, um, a nervous breakdown, meaning I came home one day and there was glass shattered through the house and he was curled up in a ball oh. holding a picture of our son, oh, you geez. know, and I'd called my dad to come pick her up and their reason for taking her is because I could not protect her. And like I said, I thought I'd done everything. And if you look at paper, I called my dad. My dad came and removed my daughter. You know, a whole situation. I called the cops on my, my ex-husband. First time I've ever called the cops. You know, I did all of the things right. So on paper, it looks right. right. But like I said, somewhere along the way, my higher power just decided to take her anyway. I look back at it now, and I know absolutely I was in no place to, to have her at home. So it was a blessing. Okay, so wait, she wasn't at
2: home at the time. She was. When you you were running drugs, but she was. Mm -hmm. Why couldn't you take her? I guess I'm still missing that.
3: Just because somebody called DCFS and got them involved.
2: Okay. All right.
3: And they came in and did an assessment and decided it was better to place her somewhere else.
2: Oh, okay. All right. Okay, keep going. Sorry.
3: (laughs) No, you're good. Um, Let's see. I don't know. And then, so for five years, I'm running amok, just getting in trouble. And we get my daughter back, and then at one point, <sighs> New Year's Eve when it turns 2010, I got my last slap from my ex-husband. And I and well, we, we, I was at work, and I delivered newspapers. It was a great job for somebody that was on methamphetamines because I got permission to stay up all night and be oh, yeah. and roam the streets and sure. deliver newspapers
2: <laughs> and make some money. Out yeah,
3: it. yeah. So, Sweet. so he he came to help me fold the newspapers and he knew I was using, obviously I was always using. And I think he ha- he hit me one more time. And I, I remember I looked at him and I says, I'm done. And I finally walked away. And the sad part of that story is I didn't walk away because I believed in myself or I believed I didn't deserve to get hit anymore is I wanted to get high more. And so I finally walked away from this 13 year marriage because the drugs were more important and I wanted to keep using and I didn't want him to get in the way. So I left my daughter with him. And I just kept running amok. That's a harsh view of yourself. Come on now. At the time. you uh, That was at the time. Okay, but (laughs) looking back in hindsight... (laughs) You didn't walk
2: away from a great marriage for meth. You walked away from an abusive marriage for meth.
3: Correct. Uh, I think a lot of
2: people would make that choice. I think that's a difficult choice in and of itself, even though it is meth. Good point. Good point. Was he in treatment at this time
1: doing the deal? Okay. So he's already gone through his stuff. Yeah, his
3: treatment ended up being some therapist that he got along with and that he ended up selling his pills to. So it you know it's fine. Oh, <laughs> wow. Perfect. <laughs> wow.
2: And the therapist's name is Oh I'm sorry. Wait, I don't okay, even I remember. Know, <laughs> I wouldn't say I, it anyway. But know, we I like know. to avoid lawsuits on yeah. this podcast. <laughs> well, no we don't. We love lawsuits. Okay.
3: But um so you walk away
2: from that so you, relationship. Yeah. You get out of the marriage. Well how does that transpire? You I, I tell just him left. to get out you No, know, I left. You I left. literally
3: left. just left, left her there, took left my car with him and just left. And just Started running the streets, didn't have a home, lived in my car, lived with my friends, just started running the streets just like I had done when I was a teenager.
2: At this point, your use is mostly meth. Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: So, and then um, kept getting trouble with the law, trouble with the law, more charges, more charges. Um, got in trouble for a crime spree that I did up and down from Provo, Salt Lake. Um, that was you? <laughs> one of them was. <laughs>
2: I'm just kidding. So uh, I lost. Somebody (laughs) broke into my house and stole some money from me. Thought it maybe was Judy. I mean, could be.
3: I I can't deny. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I did a lot of crimes up and down Provo, Utah County, Salt Lake County. And finally, I just kept, I got caught, and I got caught, and I was always got caught alone. And there was a lot of charges: twenty-seven felonies, thirty-two felonies. Whoa, like, geez, that's a big number, <laughs> double-digit felonies. <laughs> is yes, big. yes. Nice. So, you know, and I'd get them knocked down to. T- like, my 27 I got them knocked down to 16 felonies which is still 16 felonies right
2: 16 yeah. 16 felonies is after it was reduced yeah that's yeah. nice
3: so Salt Lake County and Utah County is different Salt Lake County will drop three you plead to one Utah County will drop one you plead to three But mm. so depends on what county you're in that's Those what I jerks noticed in
2: Utah County
3: <laughs> that's what I noticed uh one day
2: I actually had six reduced to one in Utah County well <laughs> He's a doctor, though. Like, you know what right? I mean? got like, all the breaks. But can we be honest? The prescription I, path. Can yeah. we be honest? Can
3: I write my way out? I of played this? golf
2: with the judge. Oh uh, like, yeah. I used to play golf with the judge th- that was on my case.
3: Well, there you go. There you go. That
2: helped.
3: We got about
1: forty seconds oh, sorry. left here. Okay. This is. I'm loving it because we're building to to the turning point, point, right? Yep. Like, um, I'm excited to get to to kind of what that looks like. Get into your story of recovery. Um. Yeah, stay with us. We're we're getting ready to cut on break here. Yeah, when we come f- back, this is
2: pretty fascinating.
1: When we come back, Judy's in recovery from multiple things and it's a an amazing amazing story. So, we'll be back right off right after this little sponsorship mention from High Desert Counseling.
0: You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rice of Supplements, and the Hilton Garden Inn.
4: High Desert Counseling is an adult outpatient substance abuse treatment facility. We offer multiple services including day treatment, morning and evening intensive outpatient services, continuing care, and Prime for Life. What makes us different is our emphasis on gathering all of the information before enrollment. We do this by offering a thorough evaluation by a credentialed professional. Once we have committed to you, and you have committed to us, don't worry, insurance will not dictate your treatment. Lastly, the Pretzel Effect. We are a brief intervention where we connect our clients to community, mental health, and medical professionals to help maintain recovery for life after treatment. At High Desert Counseling, we strive to be the bridge from active addiction to recovery, community, and connection.
0: We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise Up Supplements, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers.
2: All right, welcome back, everybody. Part two, episode 297. Or 120. I I just blanked on where (laughs) we were. I knew it was 120 coming in, and then I got to it, and I blanked completely. Episode 120 of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. We're here with Judy Baracall, who's telling us her story of uh, debauchery and life on the streets. Um, but before we get back to that story, part two is sponsored by the Hilton Garden Inn in St. George. You ever been to the Hilton Garden Inn? I have. It's always sunny and bright. Yeah, it is. At the Hilton Garden and Inn. And they have great stuff. So the Hilton Garden Inn is, uh, is kind of a staple down here. Like if you've traveled through St. George, you've for sure seen it and hopefully stayed there. But if you haven't, do it. Give them a quick Google search, type in Hilton Garden Inn, Great amenities. The rooms are clean. They're big, big hotel rooms actually. Nowadays, hotel rooms are getting smaller and smaller, and these things are pretty big. And then, um, but the pool's great. the The hot tub's fantastic. The service is great. The people are great. So, Hilton Garden Inn. If you're in Southern Utah, give them a shot at your business. You won't regret it. Yeah, for those of you traveling in from another state or Northern Utah for the Aaron Navarro Memorial
1: Softball Tournament. Whoop whoop! Right. Check out. Check out the Hilton Garden Inn. They have a great pool, tons of like I just love the all the lounging area outside yeah, because yeah. let's let's be honest. When you come to Southern Utah, you're gonna want to spend some time outside. In it's gorgeous. Sun, yes, palm trees, right? They got all yep. those patio. Okay, I'm I'm, no, I'm gonna wrap good. it up now. But it no, is, but the Hilton Garden phenomenal. is a great
2: place, and you should definitely give them a chance. At the other thing about it that we don't mention very often, their rates are usually pretty good. Like their rates are better than most hotels around here. So I love that. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to it, Judy. Here, here we go again. Uh, so, Judy is we when we left off, she's doing a whole bunch of methamphetamine and living in her car or at friends' houses or couch surfing or whatever. Take us from there.
3: Okay. So, I have that newspaper job and my other job, as I called it, which was breaking into people's. Oh, yeah. Houses and part time job though. Yes. Yeah. And I I would tell my friends I'm going to work and they all knew what I was doing. Mm. And I would
2: You would actually say you're going to work? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The delusions of methamphetamines. I'm going to work, guys. (laughs) They knew that I would come home and I would fill their living room full of stuff. Useless, unnecessary stuff. I brought to one of my friends' house one time a surfboard. What I would use a surfboard in for Utah. in Provo, Utah? Yeah. Yeah. No idea. Did <laughs> yeah, I need it? Absolutely not. Yeah. But I got it. Yeah, like, sure.
1: I'm actually <laughs> glad you brought that up because you dropped like the 32 felonies that you were hit with, right between <laughs> between Utah County and Salt Lake County. And I'm I'm sure for those of us that that know, you know, uh, methamphetamine equates to. Theft usually, yes. so it was a lot of those. It wasn't like you know armed uh, armed robbery or like you know violent Fe- crimes. It was mostly breaking and entering, yep. right? Theft, uh, fra- theft, amphetamine, theft, amphetamine. There, you, like go. there you go,
3: there you go. I that and fraudulent forgery stuff like right. that. Yeah. And a lot of it, some of it, I think, started with uh, mental health issues as well, because I get in a manic phase and I love that feeling. Mm. And so I will just keep going and keep going and then I'll take some meth and it just helps me continue to go. As a mental
2: health professional, I have to ask you a question. I said I was not going to interrupt as much, but I like, uh, do do you have manic faces without meth or were your manic faces because of meth?
3: I have it without. Okay. So
2: you're by, you have bipolar. All right. Okay.
3: Um I don't get the depression though. That's so I'm either the,
2: so, so you or don't up. even want to be treated for it.
3: No, I I took medications the first 2 years of recovery.
2: Yeah, but what does that do? That keeps you from getting to the manic phase, right? Uh-huh. Which uh, <laughs> in my experience and I treat a lot of people with bipolar, they don't want to get rid no. of the manic stuff. It's they do want to get rid of the depressive stuff, but the manic stuff nobody wants to yeah. get rid of. Oh. Yeah, okay.
3: So um where was I? So, <laughs> I don't know, you're, so you're, you're using meth, yeah. So you basically, oh, we're hit going with, to work.
2: with thirty-two charges. Yes.
3: Yeah, so I, I, when I go to jail, I never get like I don't get people don't bail me out. You know, I don't have that good of friends. <laughs> I don't know how everyone else has all these friends, but and mine are always you know higher bills because there's usually a lot more charges and they're all felonies. And I, I never asked my mom to bail me out. So I was always there for a few months until I can either figure out a way to get out or, you know, get sentenced or whatever. And finally, like I got sentenced to a year and then in county jail. Yeah. Okay. And then they were able to give me ankle monitor. And still, I, I just wasn't done. Like I, I, so I did my year and I was on ankle monitor part of it. Part of it. I was still using while on ankle monitor. I got rolled up once for ankle monitor, but not for using for driving all around the county. They didn't catch me using. They didn't drug test me. They were just pissed off because they had looked where I was and I hadn't stopped. They just
1: caught you in the behavior. (laughs) Yes. In
3: the behavior. They're like, what, where is she at? You know? And then my password, well, aren't I supposed to be at this meeting or this meeting or, you know? So I, I was able to complete that. And the day that I got off of ankle monitor, I got a gang enhanced assault that same day. So another charge, right? Right when I get off. Um,
2: Did they regret taking it off? Did they slap it right back on?
3: No. So I went to jail I released out real quick because it was a, my, a misdemeanor. I've never been able to do that because it was like a, just a misdemeanor. I didn't have to wait for the judge <laughs> to get a bond. So I was like, oh. You,
2: you should see her face light <laughs> up when she says <laughs> I got a misdemeanor. <laughs> like she's so proud of herself. I just got a misdemeanor.
3: <laughs> it was huge Remember how I yeah. said she's a
2: tough cookie? Yeah. 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 All I yeah. did was a misdemeanor. That's hilarious.
3: <laughs> so I bailed out and then I just wasn't done using. It and I remember my PO calling me. And I look, and I remember on the phone going, you know what, I'm out. And I took off and I took off on the run. And then finally they caught me. An ex-boyfriend told on me, whatever, it's fine. Mm. (laughs) I'm grateful for him now.
1: (laughs) Another higher power thing. Yes. Another
3: higher power thing. Um, but I ended up going to jail and that was for a few months. And then I got released from Utah County, November 4th, 2011. And then I got sent to Salt Lake County because I had charges up there. So they had to wait to get released. To dr- I got released to drug court. That's what it was. I got released to drug court. They sent me to Salt Lake. I got released to drug court there. And it was Christmas or Thanksgiving week. Mm. I had never done treatment in my entire life. 34 years old, 23 years of using. Never treatment. Don't know anything about it. Mm. So I get out and I'm like, I don't know where to go. And so I was like, well, everybody in jail talks about promise. If you've got kids, this promise program. So I went to promise. They're like, we don't know anything. And I went, so I went to these plates, They didn't know anything. And I'm like, okay, I don't know anything. So what did I do? I went and started using. Finally, my case manager calls me and he's like, she's like, you need to show up to treatment. I'm like, well, I don't know where it is. So... And then she, and I'm like, and I don't have a ride there today. So All I'm not, yeah. not going to yeah, make yeah, yeah. today, but I will see you tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm getting high, getting high. I show up the next day and well, I do, Tomorrow pa- did come. Yeah. Tomorrow Sometimes did come. Tomorrow I can come. be a responsible addict. <laughs> <laughs> she
2: laughs at us. The herself. look, <laughs> the look she just gave. But, um,
3: Hilarious. so I did show up and I did my UA and miraculously I passed. I'm very good at those. And, um,
2: Wait a sec, she just said I'm very good at UAs. UAs <laughs> I think she meant
1: she's very good at manipulating U- the UAs. A UA yeah. is
2: not a test you can study for. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Apparently, she had done some studying, Doc, because she cleared it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she cleared that yeah, yes. analysis. How did I you? Sugar. Sean's got a okay, question. Sugar. Hold yeah. on, Sean. We we piqued Sean's attention. What's UA? Your You're an analysis. Analysis. No,
0: okay. I, <laughs> He's ah. like I'm out
2: drug screening. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: the pee pee test. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's what that's what it is,
2: exactly. <laughs> okay. She's apparently she studied for them yeah.
1: somehow. So <laughs> so I want to get to Judy's life in recovery okay, today. Sorry. We got about 16
3: minutes left. Okay. Yeah. So you started treatment at So they put me back in jail. Okay. Because I didn't I I went to treatment that day that next day and then I fell asleep and I missed the court the next day. And so I went on the run for only one week and I, and I ended up turning myself in because it was weird. I was walking down the street and I I remember looking around and going, everything inside of me was broken. And I said, what are you doing? Like, you don't have a vehicle. You don't have a home. You don't have anything. So finally, and I don't know if it was ego based because I think it might have been a little bit because I was like, I always had a vehicle. I always had everything that I needed because I could thieve my way to there. And so I looked around and I, and I was literally walking down American Fork, Utah, and I was like, I don't have anything. And so I, I used for three more days and then went and stayed with my ex-husband and my daughter for the last two days. And then on December 9th, 2011, I turned myself into drug court knowing that they ain't letting me out in the Christmas they ain't letting me out for the holidays come on now we all know that (laughs) and so I ended up staying in there and then I think it was like April 7th something like that I got released to Foothill Um, let me back up just 30 days. I did the out program in jail for the first time because it was recommended by my attorney because they were ordering to show cause me for, to try and kick me out of drug court for that run. And, and I remember I never would do the uh, out program before because I would always tell everybody like, you guys always do this program and I see you coming back that, what are you doing? Right. What's the point? And so I did it because my attorney wanted to, and I had an emotional break in a movie that they played. And I think the movie was called Bella, but it was about this guy that, that hits this kid. And immediately, immediately my head oh, went down oh, and then I went into my dorm after everybody left the dorm and I just sobbed like full body sobbed, just sobbing into my pillow. And then that night I got to tell the people in my dorm why. Mm-hmm. And these are people that I'd been running and gunning with out on the streets and nobody knew why. And they, their faces when I told them like they were baffled, like they couldn't believe that about my son or the things that I'd been through in my life. And they're like, Holy cow, we never known. It. And I, I wasn't gonna let anybody know my vulnerabilities, and th- and that's who I was because I wasn't the girl that would go to jail and cry. You know, I was the girl right. jail that would girl that would go to jail and intimidate others. Right. You know, yeah. and so that was my first breakthrough. Then I. I manipulated my way into only 28 days of residential. Mm-hmm. So I, I did do that. I was <laughs> don't you, have great. And then I got into outpatient. So Foothill outpatient at the county building. And that's okay. where I met Blue Robinson. So those of you that are not maybe from Utah County, Foothill is? It's the Utah County Substance Abuse Program. Okay. Um, and that's where I met Blue Robinson. And... Um, my day treatment group, I guess. And I shared my story and I shared the part just on my son. I didn't share about any of my past traumas on how abusive my dad was growing up and all, all of the other things, my sexual traumas. I just shared that. And it was exactly what I needed to in that moment that it baffled him. And I didn't know this at the time, but I know this now because he's let me know. His immediate reply was, you're going to run the Cooper run. And I remember I'm like, no. So, I'm like, you do not want to see this running down the road.
1: <laughs> let me pause you just for a sec. Kay. Blue Robinson, known as AKA Coach Blue, started a nonprofit organization known as Addict to Athlete. Mm -hmm. It's a non-12-step fellowship uh, organization, basically. It's fantastic. Okay. I just wanted to give kind of the backstory (laughs) on that.
3: So he says that, and I says, I'll play sports for you all day long, but you do not want to see me running down the road. Like, (laughs) do I look like a runner? (laughs) You know? And this was May 7th, you know, 28 days after... (laughs) <laughs> after Resident you manipulated
2: your way yeah. out of res. Okay.
3: And so, um, and I was like, no, no. And I'm hanging out with all my old friends, doing all my old things. And th- these people in this group are holding me accountable and I couldn't figure out why. I'm like, you guys are supposed to be my friends. Like what's going on? Mm. Like, cause like I said, I'd never done treatment. So I don't know what this holding accountable is. I just think they're all traitors and that they're all out to get me. And it's just, you know, backstabbing me. Well, come to find out, I they were there to support me. And one of my best friends, it was actually a girl that, her name is Summer Bissiger. and I drank with her when we were young. For the first time, we lied to our parents, went to Yuba Lake and drank with a bunch of boys. She was in there with me, and her and her son Noah did armbands with my son's name on it. Mm, and wow. so they did that. And at that point, addict to Athlete was very small. Everyone in addict to Athlete, there was about 20 of us showed up to this race. My mom, my dad, my siblings, my cousins all showed up to this race. Mm. And we finished this race um, arm in arm, and with tears in our eyes. And I remember looking around and saying, these people showed up for me. Yeah. And I was baffled. I was like, I have nothing to offer anyone here. Why would they show up for me? And I couldn't figure it out. That. that is what I call my first spiritual awakening. Because I didn't have anything to offer anyone. And I could not figure out why they would come and just be there for me at all. Um, I got a vi- Blue t- has a video of that day as well.
1: that's cool i'm over here like choked up like just that's beautiful you know
3: so that day forward i started doing service and i started doing 5ks and doing 5ks with people that had never done them or never even think of doing and just walking it with them because man that accomplishment and doing them for something that i love i did them for domestic violence i did them for child abuse i did them for you know so many things in my life um and and they I did them with purpose, and they became purposeful to me. And I did ran aid stations, and and I became a team captain with addict to athlete. And I and I started giving it my all, and I started doing five k's. And I did one with my mom and my brother and my sisters. Me me and my sisters have done a half marathon together, and my nieces and my nephews, and we just started getting involved and working through this program, I got to start sharing my story and who I was and becoming vulnerable with people. And the, the best part with addict athlete is we had a meeting every Tuesday and then every Saturday we usually had a 5k or a service. And on Friday nights, we went up, we went to the rec center and we did volleyball or something. And every Sunday we were up the canyon playing volleyball. You know what I mean? And the people I was surrounding myself were people that were exactly like me that I didn't have to hide who I was. And again, they liked me for me. And that was still a weird concept for me. And so I just kept showing up and I kept showing up and I mean, I did all the wrong things. I still got in a relationship and treatment and I did all the dumb things. I almost went to prison for that relationship when they, when they found it all out and all that stuff. But by the grace of God, like I didn't end up back i didn't end I never went to prison. I don't know how with all those I'm a good talker. I don't know if you can tell this i can I can stand in front of the judge and I can sling my story. <laughs> you know the thing the, oh my God, the thing that I think
1: hits an emotional button for me, Judy, is that like camaraderie of being unified together. Mm-hmm. there was a a major hurt in your life that you were trying to work through. And I love exercise because it's, it's motion, emotion, right? You're working yeah. through that with a community of people who show that they care, that actually care about you as an individual and some of yeah. the things that you've been
2: through. Like, it's just cool. It's super it, cool. It goes back to that Johan Hari concept, right? Which, sure. you know, I I don't totally agree with. But Johan Hari, who says the uh, the opposite of addiction is connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And she's found that some sort of connection. People yeah. that don't... Have to look at her and and think, oh, you're a terrible person because you have felonies. Yeah. Right? So Speaking of that, let's fast forward. How does somebody that had, at one point, 32
1: felonies become a substance abuse counselor?
3: So I still have all of my charges on my record currently. Really? Yes. None of them are expunged, reduced? Okay. No, I'm working on reducing them now. When I was 12... I knew I'd be the fel- a felon for the rest of my life because that's when my first charges, my first charge of a, my first felony happened when I was twelve, and so I knew I'd be a felon for the rest of my life. <laughs> Sellers is dumbfounded. Talk about my in this faces. Moment. face, this guy's face. We
2: might, we might, we might have grown up slightly differently. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, it was. I waited until I was, just grand until grand I was forty-five <laughs> to get a felony.
2: Oh, uh, uh, but um, that's a good start, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> We, need, we know some people we need to hook you up with on the expungement <laughs> thing, but anyway. Yeah.
3: Um, the weird thing is when I was in residential, my case manager said, you should be a counselor. And I said, uh-uh. I said, I don't help people. I hurt them. I will mm. never do that. With the service that I learned from Attic to Athlete and just the inner joy and the, everything that it gave to me, gave back to me, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to give back. And so I went back to school and I remember people asking me, can you do that with your background? And I remember telling them, I don't know. I'll figure it out when I get there. And if I would have looked at this simple two-page application that Doppel had, I would never have done it. I I would never have gone back to school. But I went back to school and then did my internship at Steps in Payson. And uh, that was from January to May. Yeah.
2: I've heard of Steps. Yeah, we love Steps.
3: Weird. Told you I knew you. (laughs) (laughs) I had hair before. (laughs) That could be the thing.
2: Did I teach you at Steps?
3: No. I never went to Steps. She was an intern. But and then um, so and then I submitted my application, and I had to go in front of the board. And when I say board, the doppel board, it was a long table with people around it. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I've been in front of that board. Okay. Luckily, I knew people. But yeah, luckily,
3: I knew. One of the guys who was on the Recovery Day board, because I was on the Recovery Day board and worked at the County Substance Abuse, his name was Bruce, Bruce Chandler, I'm sure you guys know him. And so I was like, oh, I've got a partner, but I was like, oh, Judy, you can't stare at Bruce the whole time and talk. So I had to look at everybody on this board and go up and down, up and down, and just tell them who I was. And they looked at me and said, well, we're going to put you on probation. And I looked at them and I thanked them, and I think I baffled them, because their their face when I thanked them was kind of... Looked like they were shocked. But I knew my background. I knew who I was. And so for them to even give me a shot, man, I was blessed. Probation means an opportunity. And so I was on probation for two years. Um, After one year, and I had to meet with them quarterly. So I was meeting with them quarterly, getting monthly progress reports from my employer. And after one year, they called me up and they said, how about we take you off? I said, okay. They're like, okay, at our next meeting, let's discuss that. And so at the next meeting, they're like, what's going to change? And I said, probably nothing. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you at this point, but this is who I am, (laughs) you know? And so, yeah, and that's how I got my license.
1: I have to share this in gratitude. I'm not trying to make this about me, but I, at one point in time, I was a tech Mm -hmm. at Lionsgate. Dr. Sellers got me my first job working in treatment. I was a tech at Lionsgate. Judy was a substance abuse counselor. And I can remember the parking lot that this conversation happened in. (laughs) I said to Judy, I said, I'm thinking about, you know, doing kind of what you do. How did you get there? And she told me about it. And I said, but I have these felonies on my record. And I can remember her laughing. You've heard her big laugh. She has a great (laughs) big laugh. I remember her laughing in my face and saying, you have two felonies on your record? I had 36. (laughs) Two felonies. Get back into school. And I thought, in that moment, though, I had hope. Right, because in that moment I went from "There's no way I'm going to be able to do this because of my felonies" to
2: "If this lady had 36, right? She probably got two felonies while she was asleep." Thank you for that.
3: (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you for
1: that. And I I remember I remember that conversation as well. Yeah, one of the many
2: conversations that helped me on my path. So thank you. But isn't that lovely to be able to give someone else hope? Like that's really the reason that people do this job.
3: It's 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 what it's absolutely about. Experience, strength, and hope always.
2: very fulfilling to offer someone else hope when they don't have any.
1: We have about four minutes left, and when at the start of this episode, I said Judy's in recovery from several things, mm-hmm. and I have asked Judy's permission ahead of time because I realize some of this is some medical information. Judy is also in recovery, and I'll let her tell you what she's in recovery most recently from. And I want to—I just want to like,
3: how are you doing today? Today I'm doing. Today I'm doing well. It's—it's it's been a rough year. and and I don't know if you know this, right? So it was a a year ago this month that I got diagnosed with breast cancer. Six days after my diagnosis, um, I lost my second child. I had a disabled child that was in a home, and so I don't know if you know that part, but it was six days after my diagnosis, and then five days after her passing was the Navarro Memorial. So I was able to just push down, push down, push down, Navarro Memorial, circle of life for my daughter, and then I've breast cancer the rest of the year away. And so this month t- has been rough. Like I'm starting to feel it all, yeah. which yeah. which is okay. Like I get to feel it this year and not, you know, I, I'm on the road to recovery. Um, I had a bilateral mastectomy in September. That was the plan. I was going to do reconstructive surgery in January. Um, my higher power, I'll keep it appropriate. It, it's very funny okay. <laughs> because he knows that I don't ask for help well. So he said, I'm going to give you cancer because you got to ask for a lot of help. Mm-hmm. Well, after the mastectomies, they decided because I have an ATM gene mutation that they wanted me to do chemo as well. That was never part of the plan. The whole reason why I wanted to do the mastectomies is because I didn't want to do radiation. After my re- chemo, I finished chemo on December 29th. And then three weeks later, I started radiation, which was wow. the whole reason why I did the mastectomies. And I will tell you the radiation kicked my butt. Mm-hmm. Like I have never been so exhausted in my life. I would I would wake up in the mornings absolutely exhausted. Every muscle and bone in my body and tendon hurt, like my wrists hurt. I would wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, my wrists hurt. And I had no energy. And there was one day I took a Wednesday off and my boss calls me and he's like Judy, you've been working through everything you've been working through the chemo you've been because I worked through the chemo I worked through everything that I could and um, and he's like take the rest of the week off and I stayed in bed all every day and I had radiation It was Monday through Friday 5 days a week for 5 weeks and so I would I went up woke up to w- go to radiation went home went to bed and those 3 days and then the weekend still in bed didn't give me near any energy at all I was just done I had nothing left to give and so radiation really kicked my butt. And that ended on March 1st of this year. I have a reconstructive surgery coming up on June 28th. So I'm super Because ex- That's what I have. But I'm also right now, I am scared to death of what that looks like. Because it's, it's a huge 10-hour surgery that involves two plastic surgeons because they're doing a fat transfer. That's my silver lining is they're going to take some of my stomach fat and recreate breasts.
2: I love that you're finding a silver that's, lining. That's no, all I
3: got. <laughs> but,
2: but she, th- and this is <laughs> serious. She found a silver lining in a number of things. Because if you, if you heard her say, God knew I didn't ask for help very well, so he gave me breast cancer. That's somebody That's somebody. and recovery. Right yeah. there, right? Yeah. That's a very interesting perspective because it would be so easy to go, why me? She doesn't go, why me? She knows why me. God wanted to teach me something, and that's kind of what I've gotten out of recovery is God wanted me to learn some humility, which I'm still...
3: My learned, my sponsor but, taught me, why not me?
2: Right.
1: Mm. Judy, I really wish oh, we had is, two more yeah, hours. Could, no, you're good. Because there's Sean, so let's just much... just keep going. There's so <laughs> much that, that we could... G- just thank you. Yeah, like, you know. uh, I, I realize I can be socially awkward. I have OCD, and when my brain gets on a kick, it gets on a kick, but... To sit down and have you share your story, I'm just so grateful. Seriously, thank you
2: from the bottom of my heart. Judy, thanks for coming on.
0: Thank you guys for having me. Really
2: great. What a great episode. Okay, well, join us next week uh, for episode 121, We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Thank you for joining (laughs) us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page.
1: That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening.
0: Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise Up Supplements, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of its sponsors. This has been a production from a podcast studio.